Proudly coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Frontier Podcast. I'm your host, Ledge, and we are powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes and join the conversation at the Frontier Pod on Twitter. Giddy up! I spoke to Tyler Shambora in late 2018, and at the time of this recording, he was the director of technology at BVA. He recently founded Pack Digital, an e-commerce agency focused on innovation and conversion. Tyler's role at BVA encompassed a mixed bag of workflow, DevOps, standards, and automation. While attempting personal study in those particular areas, he realized that virtually no one talks about how to scale DevOps, delivery, and standards for high-growth agencies. And how we scaled articles seem to always talk about product companies, but what about agencies, professional services, and dev shops who do the same thing day in and day out, but they do it for different ephemeral clients? So how in the world do you scale, build, and deploy pipelines in that scenario? Tyler and I chat onboarding, training, and just how far technical leaders can take the plug-and-play concept with devs when the only thing team members have in common is that they're all in the same building working on different client projects. Hey, Tyler, good to have you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So can you just give, you know, like a two, three minute intro of uh, yourself and your work for the the listeners? Sure. So my name is uh, Tyler Shambora. I'm the director of technology uh, at BVA. I work on things related to so workflow, DevOps, uh, developer education, and you know, periodically still do client work. I'm sort of a, a one-man show in the in the agency world, or in a one-man show inside of our agency because you don't really have the employees to like facilitate or build out an entire DevOps department. So a lot of that responsibility falls on on me to take you know, take care of. Um, you know, mainly on e-commerce, and uh, we work exclusively on Shopify platform. Um, so it makes some of these things, you know, a little bit easier having only you know, one platform to, to deal with. Great. Yeah. You and I had an e-conversation when we, we first met about how to scale, you know, an agency because you're dealing not with like one CI, CD sort of full pipeline of, you know, product from development to production, uh, but more like, you know, a bunch of products for a bunch of clients that are going in scale and how do you move that fast from development to production and scale up the CICD and, and DevOps flow and release flow and into uh, a version that can be used by many clients. And I, I thought that was a neat challenge that, you know, agencies and professional services firms, software firms, you know, face uniquely who deal with client service rather than one individual product. So I thought talking through that would be fun. Yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's been really interesting to me because this is, the first you know agency experience that I've had and I think you read a lot about like problems of scale and it's like oh you know Twitter you know was originally written on Ruby and it couldn't scale so they had to switch to C and it's like those are interesting problems to read about but I feel like nobody ever talks about this like horizontal scale problem that people have and how to, to handle stuff like that so it was you know it has been a pretty neat problem to try and solve over the last you know four years uh, to give a little context you know we when I first uh, began at the agency, we were, uh, I think we had, I'll call it two and a half developers. And today we're up to about 25, 26. 
Um, and that's in a three and a half year period of time. Maybe even, you know, you could even say three or two and a half. Um, so you're, you're dealing with like, obviously with more developers, you're dealing with more work that needs to be done. Um, and that's like sort of the problem with scale there, which is you have so many people working. How do you keep things on the same workflow? How do you keep the workflows the same? How do you keep code standards the same? Um, and so it's been you know, really interesting trying to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah, and every time you bring on a new developer, what's your onboarding strategy? How do you train them to do it the way that, that works in that flow? How do you take best practices from the field and bring them in? But, you know, address your unique sort of problem domain with existing technologies that weren't meant maybe to build that way. So, you know, I don't know, like, what are some, some key takeaways? You know, like, there are still people <laughs> that are trying to build and scale agencies yeah. all over the place, yes. right? So what do you do? Yeah, I think one of the things, uh, the first thing that's coming to my mind that was like sort of a tough pill for me to swallow is that the, the nature of agency work is ephemeral, right? Like we love to hold on to clients for as long as possible. Uh, but it's just like inherently true that agency work is less, uh, you know, long running than, than product work, right? Product work will, will exist in, indefinitely. Whereas, you know, a client may leave you after six months, no, no, you know, uh, knock to you. Maybe they had their budget ran out. Something like that. So that's the first thing was that you're kind of understanding that you, the tools and the, the, you know, workflows that you put around these things shouldn't take like, you know, days to spin up and get ready to going. Like it should be, you know, a matter of uh, seconds to get, get things going. And furthermore, to train people too, right? If you're having to train people on how to use like uh, some crazy CI tool and like, you know, how all the like whole ecosystem of the workflow works, like that's not good that if you have to, you know, spend an extra week onboarding developers to do that type of stuff. So I think first thing I, I thought is, or kind of realize is that letting the whole like workflow and tooling exist in the background um is is pretty important uh so you know that's so that, that the developers aren't aware of uh what's going on have to have any knowledge of how it works um one of the the other things that i think is pretty important too is that when you're dealing with uh this horizontal scale place that we are today in the front end is that there is like it's not as simple as just having HTML, CSS, and JavaScript file, right? Like you have build tools, and you maybe have Gulp or Webpack, or you know you're still in 2014. You're using Grunt, uh, but like these these tools all exist, <clears throat> and so if you have a single build system for a project, like that build system needs to be largely the same across all projects, right? So that when a developer jumps from one project to another um, which is another point I think that's, that's pretty important. But when a, when a developer moves from projects, they should expect everything to be the same. Um, and they should expect the tools to work the same. So figuring out a way to like, uh, you know, keep track of, um, or, or make sure that build systems are all up to date and maybe automatically would it be even better, but like, you don't want to have one system using grunt, one system using Gulf, one system using, you know, uh, GitHub for, for, you know, repository hosting and other using Beanstalk for repository hosting, like everything should be, you know, sort of the same as much as possible. So uh, the other, the other thing I think that's important there too, is that at least in, in our circumstance, you know, it was, it was and has been 
really important to ensure that projects are sort of like not siloed with developers because that's another huge problem that you can run into is like if you have one developer who becomes the subject expert on a project you know and then they leave you have to like pull another developer off and wasting maybe a day or two of time where they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on and like all the nuances of of like that developer's styles and whatnot so obviously one having you know sort of a, a standard you know whether it's like you know css or javascript code standards uh, but also making the projects you know set up in such a way that you can like basically plug and play developers from anywhere in the organization at any moment in time into any project and so one of the you know key aspects of that is making sure that things are the, the same across all projects and like one sameness i think is, is a really important thing in agencies when trying to scale you know i think everybody wants to do the uh the plug and play a developer thing you know which when you really think about it is like you know they're humans right they have opinions they have you mm -hmm. know sort of baked in experiences right you know it it'll be maybe more useful to think about that you know when we actually have you know ais that write code and you know things of that nature mm -hmm. but you simply don't have that yet and uh you know that is, yeah that is a critical problem of of when you design these systems to um how to allow the flexibility but yet also have a thing that, that anybody can do because you have that business continuity issue when you know like a key developer leaves which they do all the time you know how do you have redundancy um and you know frankly from an agency perspective how do you bill your client for redundancy because they don't yeah. care they just expect you to be redundant Right. I mean, how far did you guys get in, in that, you know, standardization? I mean, it's a, obviously a moat, like an ongoing living effort, but do, do you feel like you can do it? And, you know, what were, I don't know, what were some key aspects to, to really getting as close as possible to that? Yeah. So it's, it's a good question because I think there's standardization in a couple of different places, right? There's like, I think standardization that we think about in terms of code standards, like does your code look like my code? But then there's also standardization, like I previously mentioned around like workflow and tooling is our, our tools on this project the same as the tools on this project. And so I can say with the latter, the tooling, that we crushed it from pretty early on. Um, it was, you know, pretty, I think that we did a, a, a pretty good job uh through like version controlling our our workflow and making sure that it uh you know stayed up to date and that was surprisingly through like a relatively ancient technology now we, we use bower to do all of that you know we have like a custom repo that that just bower keeps checking for for updates and if it's updatable bower like automatically runs your bower updates so everybody like guaranteed on all of our projects is on the same workflow code standards on the other hand is is a little bit more difficult especially for us because uh i think the the driving factor behind all of the tooling and workflow and crap like that has been uh you know agility or, or speed for us right so it's like speed is this you know uh primary you know, kpi that we're we're keeping in mind when 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 we introduce anything into the workflow so if something uh, that we introduce has an impact on how quickly we can, you know, return work to the client, finish work to the client, then like it's really taken seriously and considered seriously, like if this is really worth bringing into the workflow. And so there are, you know, tools and, and there are ways for uh, that code quality to be ensured and whether it's like, you know, uh, running, 
code through a linter and then like having people open up pull requests. And if, you know, the status checks don't pass, then like the code doesn't get merged in. And that's really nice for ensuring, you know, sameness of code. But the problem is that introduces, you know, a delay in terms of uh, like how, because then once the code, if the code doesn't match, if someone missed a, you know, a, a comma somewhere or something like that, like developers got to go back and change it, even though it doesn't really affect the end product of what's being put out. So it's like this ever present balance of like how you, what's important to you and, and how you like, you know, consider options relative to those, you know, important things. Um, and I think as an agency, we are now starting to shift from uh, from this, you know, priority of speed towards like, okay, let's let's kind of dial it back on the speed stuff and focus on the quality stuff. And so, you know, as such, the whole you know workflow and build tooling is adjusting accordingly. Like we're switching to you know a Git flow workflow that you know does has a pull request workflow. So we're getting more code reviews in play, and like you know, it it just it's trying to keep your build system and all this stuff in line with what the you know, agency's priorities are at that moment. Right. Cause you're always going to trade like higher QA standards are always going to trade off on speed of delivery. And right. you know, is it, is it about launching product as fast as possible? Because the nature of like a lot of agency work, like you said, is very ephemeral, you know, mm -hmm. so, and the shelf life of the product probably isn't very, very long, yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, of course, clients don't want to hear that. You know, they want to think, right. I'm paying once the lowest possible price to get a great thing that's going to last forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's not realistic in the, the software development life cycle. So I ask everybody this question, sort of my, my wrap up question, you know, we're, we're in the business of evaluating and, and placing the best, you know, a plus unicorn senior engineers, you know, that's what we do. And, mm -hmm. and we have a pretty strong you know, vetting process and heuristic for doing that. But I, I like to ask everybody, you know, that we have on, um, you know, in your experience growing engineering team, like 10 X there, um, you know, what are the heuristics and measurements and uh, tactics that you use to identify, you know, and, and pick out the best engineers to add them to your team when you're doing the hiring? Good. That's a good question. I think there's probably like a, a three part approach that, that I've been using. The first one is when doing like initial, you know, uh, sourcing, looking and seeing if someone has a portfolio, like there's a code that I can look at. Do you do things? Do you commit to, or do you, do you contribute to open source? Like how, what's your footprint in the, in the ecosystem? And so that's like kind of a first check. The second check is that we run people through just like, you know, some sort of test uh, with correct right or wrong answers. Nothing that's like open-ended. And then, then you get evaluated again. Like, did you score upper third, middle third, lower third? Okay. Like good. And then I think the, the final thing is uh, when you come in for an in-person, you know, looking at, we have you write code in front of us, right? Like, you know, and it's not like a whiteboarding thing. It's more like an open-ended, just talk it through. But really, so I guess to answer your question, the major like, uh, you know, like factor or, or you know, quality that we're looking for is like, can you do the work, right? Like, are you just sort of like, you know, uh, trying to, to fool everyone into thinking that you're a good developer, like, are you a good developer, right? Like, it's sort of, you know, the, the major, like, there's no way to, to get around that, right? You can maybe talk your way through an interview, but we try to put these checks in place. It's like, do you know how to write code? Are you good at writing code? Like, okay, if you check out, then, then you're in. Great. Thanks. Very tactical. I love it. 
Well, Ty, thanks for uh, joining us. It's good having you on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.